So my role is to be his suitable helper, is to fill in like he's he isn't to know it all, do it all. I'm not to know it all, do it all. I'm going to stay in my lane and provide him the intuition. Welcome to The Champion Life with Kurt Tucker. My purpose is to love, encourage, and empower you to become the champion leader God created you to be and live what I like to call the champion life. A life of abundance, freedom, and victory where you, my friend, are winning in every area of your life, your faith, your family, your fitness, and your finances. I'm your host, Kurt Tucker. Let's have some fun. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Champion Life Podcast. As you know, I'm your host, Kurt Tucker. And today, I've got a great one for you. Every uh, About once a month, I get to do an episode with my beautiful wife, Rachel. So today, uh, we've got a good one for you. So how are you doing, beautiful? Doing great. It's been longer than a month, by the way. It has? Yeah. All right. It's all good. I'm guilty. We've got a lot of awesome things going on right now and our world. And uh, today we're going to be talking about marriage. And what are we going to be talking about, honey? You and I, T-Y. Come on. Unity. Uh, so today in this episode, friends, we're going to talk about three ways that you can create more unity in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think that word unity is so powerful is because, you know, to to Unity is to unite. It is to bring together, to bring closer together. And ultimately, what do um, most people struggle with in marriage that creates uh, divorce, it creates a lot of dysfunction, so forth and so on, is the simple fact that there is something out there that is trying to create what? Division, right? So if something is constantly trying to create division in your life, in your marriage, in your business or whatever, you've got to figure out how can you create unity. And so today I want to talk about unity in your marriage, but also if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in business, I'm going to be giving a couple business examples as well that I think will will definitely be a game changer for you and your business. So anyhow, let's go ahead. We'll get started with number one. The first uh, way to create more unity in your marriage is what, Rachel? Self-denial. Self-denial. So Jesus said this. He's like, in order to follow me, right, you know, take up your cross. And that word cross means self-denial. So it's a daily, we've talked about this before, and I talk about this a lot. And I think I really just need to continue to talk about this a lot, is the dying to yourself. And that word cross in the Greek means self-denial. So what does that look like? So unity in the marriage means, you know, dying to what we want to do and just taking on the servant role. And I love, you know, Jesus's example of when he, a king, you know, or even King Solomon, like I think about King Solomon, uh, any Andy Andrews fans out there, like I'm digging back into his book and I'm going to try to stay on track here on this, but you know how I roll, but the traveler's gift. And so the Traveler's Gift, I read probably 12 years ago, and Andy Andrews is one of my favorite authors because he's personal development leadership, but he puts it in story form to where you can kind of follow. So one of the stories was where David, 
um, ended up with King Solomon and King Solomon was all about servant. He was like, don't look for people to open doors for you, but look to open doors for other people, mm. you know, taking on that servant role. So for me, I'm trying to get better, not trying. I am intentionally becoming better because there is no try, right? right? You either do it or you don't do it. Um, it's to anticipate Kurt's needs. So I already know like at dinner, what he wants, he wants, you know, he wants this for dinner and he always has to have a cucumber and he always has to have something green. So, um, I what know do I want for dessert. <laughs> we got to stay on track here. Humility, humble yourselves. And humility is the first chapter in the book of success. So in all things, humble myself. And so for me, it, it means to uh, deny what I want. You know, and so maybe, you know, for me, it's I, I don't want to <laughs> I already have greens in the meal. Like, why do you need an extra salad? It's extra work. Well, you know what? It's den it's it's denying what I want and just humbling myself and just trying to anticipate uh, what he needs. And so throughout the day, even like, you know, we both work from home and. You know, he's up here and some days he, he's one meeting after another, after another, after another. And, and I need to be more mindful of, gosh, he hasn't had probably anything to eat today. You know, should I go up there and ask him, you know, but sometimes it's like his door's locked because he's on, he's recording a podcast or he's doing a podcast or he's on a meeting. So just try to anticipate your needs. So what about for you? So I think for me, you know, men, we, we obviously know that, that our wives, they have specific needs, right? So whether that is the need of protection, that is the need of provision, that is the need of security. And so I think, how do we create more unity through humility? Um, it's to basically just not always act like we know it all, you know, uh, because I think one of the ways that I feel like I give you um, what you need is by willing to listen, you know, by willing to let you do uh, what you do, which I know we're going to talk about here in a second, because I believe that, you know, for me, it's not a goal necessarily that I want more sex or that I want you to make me a sandwich or that I want you to do whatever it is for me. But a lot of times when I talk to men and and that typically is is an issue in a marriage is, well, we're just not having enough sex or um, she just doesn't, you know, seem like she really cares. She's not affirming me. She's not, you know, I, I feel disrespected. I feel unappreciative. You know, I always try to typically turn that around and say, well, what is it that you're doing that would make her feel more appreciative? Right. And a lot of times it could be just being willing to listen. Or why do you, you know? think she feels that way? Exactly. Um, so I think for me, it's just learning um, that being a servant first uh, in the marriage, you know, for a man, sometimes it's just a matter of, yes, I'm supposed to go out and make money. Yes, I'm supposed to protect you if we get attacked by a robber, but that's very unlikely going to happen versus every single day I have an opportunity to pray with you an opportunity to listen to you, an opportunity to ask for your advice, regardless of whether I'm even going to use it or not. How do I want you to listen? What do you mean? How are you listening? Are you listening to... Oh, it would be more to um, like seeking to understand versus being understood. Or in trying to fix it. Yes. Yeah, it, exactly. 
so um so yeah yeah <laughs> that's good that's good um and, and so you know and speaking of you know letting you do what you do one of the things men i think and rachel does an incredible job of teaching on this um which would be our second you know way to create more unity in your marriage is to know your roles uh because a lot of times when you have a house you know it, it says in scripture that a house divided will not oh, stand thanks. Yeah. And so, you know, what what do the kids like to do? You know, right? Like kids love to do what? Divide the parents. Kids love to go ask mom for something and mom says no. So then they go and they ask dad and dad says yes. And then guess what happens is the kid gets their way. But, you know, more importantly, and from a negative standpoint is now you got mom and dad going at it because, well, what just happened? Well, you just got duped is what happened there, right? But I think, you know, when you know your roles, when you know who's doing what, when you know, like, hey, you know, I'm going to take care of the finances and, you know, ultimately you do the majority of the cooking, right? You know, you get on me about stay out of the kitchen. I got this, you know, yeah. and just like, I don't really like for you to come in and, and you know, and, and tell me a bunch of things about the finances because the reality is, is I, I've been doing this the longest. Unless I I have some sort of intuition that I want to share yeah. But but let's talk about it or it's like in a business. Right. This is Maverick, by the way, for those of you who can see YouTube. Um, but, um, you know, in a business, it's kind of like, you know, I you know, like I'm partnered in business with my brother. It's like, hey, you do this. You know, he runs the sales side of the business. Uh, I do most of the coaching and the fulfillment with our gym owners. So, you know, we we have different roles in a marriage. You know, uh, what would you say, babe, would be the the top one or two things that you find maybe in our marriage uh from a role standpoint or for the ladies and then also talk a little bit about you know the suitable helper yeah. and, and what does that mean from a christian marriage oh, perspective well that's why i was drinking out of my mug i'm plugging it so the warrior woman here mm. but it's and i have a, a press on tattoo i don't have any tattoos it's pressed on but it's the word he's there and knowing my role and my place and why i was created and so the word broken down basically is ion means to see and understand. Zion is an actual weapon, a tool. And then the last word in the word suitable helper is son of God. And so that word was used in other areas in scripture and was always used in military terms and to describe Yahweh himself. And so the biggest thing that I bring and we've we've it's always been a struggle uh, because of pride um, and really to, to be honest, Kurt, not reconciling me, you know, and maybe still seeing me as old Rachel and not lit when I would bring him wisdom and, and, uh, intuition to him that he does not have, he was not equipped with it was, it got rejected, uh, be, you know, and that's something that we've grown through. And I think we're becoming better understanding it better because Adam, let me break down the word Adam for you in Hebrew. <laughs> Do we want to know what this means? You do. <laughs> you do want to know this because, you know, a lot of people are like, well, Eve's the one that whatever. But the word Adam means this, a strong leader who was the doorway to the chaos. Mm. And so it was because Adam didn't take his leadership role seriously. Didn't humble himself. Didn't humble himself. That's, you know, put him in a mess, right? They, they craved knowledge more than they did intimacy with God. 
So it was because of Adam, because Adam wasn't a strong leader. And we failed this way in our marriage too. Like Kurt led us down some roads that caused lots of pain in our marriage for a long time. And so I think it's like knowing our role, like his role is to make sure that he's leading us spiritually, you know, and financially and just, you know, having foresight and and anticipatory leadership, like looking down the road, like he's doing that right now in our finances, like he's having anticipatory leadership, understanding that, well, you know, this crypto thing is really going to, you know, do well for us in the future, in the real estate, in the future. But for me, I'm just going to speak on myself. So my role is to be his suitable helper, is to fill in like he's, he isn't to know it all, do it all. I'm not to know it all, do it all. I'm going to stay in my lane and provide him the intuition that when I come, like there's sometimes I'm like, I don't know about this person. You know, I don't think that you should do business with this person. I don't think you should bring this person into our house. There's just been times, you know, that I'm like, well, I I don't want to say I told you so, but I kind of told you so, you know, like, so it's really just going back to the one operating in humility, you know, like for me, it's like, making sure like, I don't want to, it's all about how I approach him with it sometimes too. Like I'm not going to approach it on that day that he's sitting and looking at, you know, finances all day. Like let's, let's add one more thing because I know that it's not going to turn out well because he's already completely drained, <laughs> you know, but my role of just being in his air, just being a suitable helper, you know, I, and I go back to the Proverbs 31 woman. You know, the Proverbs 31 woman was who she was because her husband was who he was. You know, he was honored at the city gate because, you know, she played her role very well. You know, one one is this. It's like number one need of a woman is security. Like, I don't know how much anything is. It's such a blessing. And I don't say that to be like greedy, but I I hear, you know, Papa Gorilla say that all the time. Keycraft say that all the time. Like, ask Sheila. Sheila has no idea how much anything is. And it's such a blessing. It's the burden that we aren't supposed to be carrying anyways. Like that's his job, right? And and so for me, but to not add to that, right? Um, And so that's why I get up early, you know? It's why I take excellent care of myself so that I have the energy to put out and to do all the things that I need to do. And just really, and his job also is to really pull that creativity that is in me out. You know, his job is to make me great, you know, so it's not to uh, oppress the creativity in me or pull out the ugly in me. Rather, his job and my job for you is to pull out the greatness in us. What do you think are a couple ways that we um, pull out the greatness in each other and how other uh, people can can do the same? If you're around here and you're listening to this right now, you're driving down the road and maybe you're struggling in a couple areas in your marriage. Maybe you're struggling with 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 uh, how do we handle and navigate finances without getting in a fight or how do we have more sex because we tend to be fighting over sex or kids or whatever. But how are a couple ways um, that um, like I pull the great out of you? What is it that I do that that makes you feel that way? Well, you, you better have like 10 right now. You listen. I'm just kidding. The one is you listen and you respect me when I come to you with my gift of intuition and insight. You know, you don't reject it. You, you listen. Um, and I think it's, um, it just popped in my head and then it, it fell out as fast as it came in. Hopefully it'll come back. But, um, 
just making me feel heard. Like, so when I come to you and I, and like you hear me and I feel heard and I feel seen. And um, so that, and also identifying because it's hard for me sometimes, you know, to, because of who I used to be, like, I don't like, it's hard for me to uh, celebrate myself. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, it just is. I don't ever want to be the center of attention uh, just because of who I used to be, you know, labeled narcissistic. And, now, and so I was very much oppressed in that area. And so it's hard for me to, re- you know, celebrate myself, recognize myself. And so for you, it's just to remind me, one, it's okay you know, for me to celebrate, to celebrate myself. And I don't ever want to be the source of pain or drama for, for anybody else. For instance, like, uh, if like a funeral, a family funeral is coming up, right. And if there's drama and I'm part of that drama, if, if I'm a source of it, I, I won't go because I don't want to be the, the attention grabber. You know what I mean? Like, so, but I also know that that's a hindrance for me too, that I need to uh, be able to show up to things and and be celebrated. And sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, I was just thinking about this yesterday. If some, you remember like uh, Naples when, you know, we went on a trip uh, with all of our team. First day I get a phone call, my brother committed suicide so the whole time I felt like people's attention was diverted to me and off of what it needed to be on. Yeah. And so I think for you, it's just to remind me that it's okay for me to celebrate my wins. Cause I don't do that a lot. Like you, you have done that really great lately. Like, Hey man, you have an awesome week, you know, let's, let's celebrate that. And so for me, it's we're just, celebrating today going we, to BB Bop. Just kidding. Just kidding. And I think that's the humility thing too. Like he wants to do that. Would I pick someplace else? Probably yes. I probably would pick a different place, but he wants to go there. But there's times that you will like, okay, I don't really want to go there, but I'll go there because you want to go there. So sure. What about how do I pull it out of you? I think that's I think that's humility too. Like, what do you do when the other spouse wants to do something different? Like we, I believe, take turns. You know, like, hey, you want to go eat here? All right, let's go there. You want to do this? Let's go do that. Um, and and I was thinking, and then I'll, I'll answer your question. I think, you know, men, if I could share with you a couple of things that I, I believe are so important and critical in pulling out the greatness in your wife um, and taking care of that number one need of security, um, I don't think there's anything more, and you didn't say this, but I just want to add it because I believe it's powerful, um, is that you pray for your wife and with your wife. So one of the things that I commonly do, um, whether it's in the middle of the night or in the morning before Rachel wakes up is just put my hand on her and and I just pray for you. Uh, and I pray for three specific things. I had a guy in my Bible study, uh, asked me this the other day, like, well, what do you pray for? And I go a little bit more into detail in my book about this, but I pray for three things. I pray for God's direction in Rachel's life. Um, because I want him to be constantly. He's a rhymer. So directing. Um, I I want God constantly directing you. Uh, So God's direction, God's protection and God's correction. All right. 
Uh, and notice I say God's direction, not Kurt's direction. This is what you should or should not do. Um, you know, because I believe that, you know, there may be some things that I want us to do in our marriage or I want you to do. But when you hear it from God versus hearing from me, it's a home run. Yeah. You know, versus a strikeout when sometimes, you know, I try to maybe do something. So I think, you know, when you can pray for your spouse and then pray with your spouse, I think it's hard. I, I'm not going to say that somebody couldn't manipulate a prayer, you know, but if your heart you know, not even your heart, but just your intention of like, hey, like God knows your heart. No yeah, like God what. knows your heart no matter what. So if if I am scared to pray with my wife because maybe I'm not going to say the right things or whatever, but God doesn't care about that. And trust me, your spouse won't care either. Um, but I feel like that security of when I'm willing to pray for you and pray with you and ask for God's direction, ask for his protection over you, because sometimes I'm not going to be with you. Yeah. Right. And so if you're driving by yourself or, you know, I'm not with you um, and then the correction part, because there are some times where, you know, it's hard to correct your spouse. You'll, so therefore, you shouldn't it, try exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, hey, you know, why, why try? Just go ahead and give that, you know, to God. And so I know that that's my role is to pray for you daily, um, not once a week, not once a month, not you know, once a year. It's just daily, and it takes all of but what sixty seconds, yeah, like one minute. Like that might be the most important, you know, other than me spending my time with the Lord, sixty seconds that that I'll spend. So, so I feel like for you, um you know, how do you pull the greatness out of me? It is when you definitely uh, give me um, encouragement. You know, uh, it's when you speak life over me. It's when you affirm what I am doing good versus what I'm not. Um, when you say thanks for, you know, the 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 hours that I put in to provide and um, to make decisions that move our family forward. I'm because we now like blind spots too, because this happened the other day is because I know my husband, you know, I've, we've grown up together really. Like we've been together longer than you were alive prior. Right. Like yep. I met you at 21. And it's been 21. And so right about there. Yeah. But right about there. So like, just not only have seen you grow um, in every area, there's still some areas that you struggle with. And I kind of helped you this with the other day, like uh, because he's the one that it, it's been a, it's Poppy coined it this Kurt Cobain syndrome. That's what our spiritual dad coined Kurt. And it's his, his own worst enemy. He'll get to this level of success and then he will be his own worst enemy. So whatever comes at him, it's, it's, it's a uh, lack of self-confidence or a lack of to look past our current circumstance to the vision that is ahead of us. And so it it was, I brought it to your attention of honey, like you are, you're, you're making your plans and goals based on here versus past this. And so we used to say that all the time. And when we were building our network marketing businesses, like people have a hard time setting goals based on the future. They're, they, they base everything on history, right? And there's a 5% of people that base uh, things on visions and dreams and goals. And that's where I'm at. And that's where kids are at. Like little kids can dream really, really big, but then life happens. And it's like, well, you know, they base everything on history. Well, well, this is where I'm at, but you have to be able to look past that and like, don't set your goals based on your current like paycheck. Right. 
And so it's good when you have a spouse or like the, the podcast that you just did with Tom Shallon, it's, it's the proximity thing of getting around people who inspire you, getting around people that you can like, who can speak life into you. They say, Hey man, I was there just last year and now I'm here. Yeah. And how'd I do that? How'd I get there? Well, a lot of it is proximity and all of the great mentors that we've been engaged with and even have followed our whole entire career, 17 years, they said the same thing. It's like, it's proximity you earn within three to $5,000 of the people that you hang out with, that you do business with because you become that. It's like you become your environment. So it's very important that, and also this, that I just thought of too. I need me being an easier is like, if I see him trying to lead us in a wrong direction, I'll like step in and veto him. Mm. Like, yeah, nope. (laughs) And it only takes, and it, and basically, and there's a couple of times in this couple of weeks that you woke up and like, man, thank you. Because I know that flesh is weak and especially for a guy, you know, so we have to be able to, I have to be able to do my own thing grow my own, my own wisdom. I cannot write off Kurt's wisdom all the time. I have to be the easier. I have to be a suitable helper that when he's weak in the flesh that I have to say, no, sorry, mm. I am vetoing this decision. And, and it, and it worked out great. Yep. Yeah. Very powerful. So the third okay. one, thank you so much for that. So the third way that you can create more unity in your marriage, I just said this a second ago, um, but it's encouragement. Yeah. And I just believe that encouragement um, feeds the spirit. I mean, it is like uh, so important. And so one of the things that I kind of like to say uh, that that I am the CEO uh, in my business, but I'm the CEO at home. And what I mean is that I am the chief encouragement officer. It is my job to constantly be uh, number one, you have to learn how to encourage yourself. David talks about that in scripture, but I'm constantly encouraging. I'm, I'm constantly encouraging the kids. Yeah. Um, and I think that when you have somebody in your life that is constantly speaking life, Proverbs says that there is power of the, 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 the tongue has the power of life and death. And that what we're speaking over those people that are closest to us, our spouse, our kids, our employees, uh, the people in church, the people we mentor. Um, it is so powerful because it can literally breathe life to that person. And so, you know, men, we are to be the CEO of our home like we are the CEO in our business and be that chief encouragement officer that is constantly looking for opportunities to build up those around us, especially our spouse. And I know that you like to talk a lot about uh, what's called the the looking glass theory. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about what, what that is. Yeah. And I, I learned about the looking glass theory from a couple named Terry and Ty Schentzel, and we never met them. The only reason we know who they are is because a friend of our, Emily, um, and her husband, it was their spiritual parents and they were driving to celebrate their one year anniversary and uh, an old guy going the wrong way on the highway with uh, some sort of gas in his truck, hit them head on, car blew up, everybody in the car died, but Emily. And I went and started following Terry and Ty Schentzel and she mentioned this book called What's So Amazing About Grace. 
And in this book, it talked about the looking glass theory. And basically the looking glass theory is this, it's people become who the most important person in their life thinks that they are. And so the most important person, human relationship in your life is your spouse. Yes. And so it's been a journey for me because uh, I, you know, a lot of our struggles in our marriage were all because I had uh, bitterness and unforgiveness and I just couldn't uh, overlook things that had happened in the past and, you know, almost died because of it. Uh, and, you know, Holy Spirit checked me on that. It's like, you know, this person that you are still angry and bitter at is doesn't even exist anymore. Mm. You know, that hurt is dead and gone, you know, and the new is here. And so for me, it's starting to, okay, I knew I had this power that I could speak into existence, the things that are, that exist inside of him that I needed to draw out of him by speaking in them out. And so believing, like, I know with all of my heart that Kurt has this great business mind that, that if I wanted to battle this Kurt Cobain syndrome, that I had to battle it, not with carnal weapons, but with weapons of power and of love and, and of, and of calling those things forth that are not yet. Right. Like do we have that power as kingdom people is calling those things that are not as though they are. So calling them into existence. So just, you know, as much as I possibly can, just affirming, you know, all these things, because I just got so tired of this Kurt Cobain syndrome, you know, just battling this. And, you know, what, what, instead of getting frustrated, okay, well, let me just start calling it out then just saying, Hey man, you're, you're so, you just have this brilliant business mind. And I know there's other people that have battled the same thing. And some of them lost the battle from suicide because, you know, they had all the money in the world, but they just, they just got the, the, the Kurt Cobain one, you know, like you're never going to be this and why are you even trying? And you're not even smart enough. And you, you know, all the, the, the lies that were spoke over you as a, as a little kid, you know, you're never going to be nothing. You know, you're always in trouble. And so for me to just say, man, no matter what, this man with a GED, you know, has accomplished more than most people who have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on doctorates and degrees and, and, are, and are still broke, by the way, uh, but have become this just amazing you know, kingdom man that's creating a legacy. And he was the one, the only one in his family that said, you know what? It ran in my family until it ran into me. And I'm not going to live that life anymore. It was the greatest blessing for us to not have somebody in our life to rescue us, to hand us things, to give us handouts. Like we had to do it ourselves. Like we Figured it out. And you know what? I was just saying, we were at our son's basketball game as a senior year, our two youngest are seniors. And I just had this revelation that 12 years ago was when we sold our training business to where we were there 60 hours a week because we uh, had built our direct sale business up to the point to where we could 
sell the business because our main thing was, is we want to raise our kids. Mm. And we did. They're seniors this year. So from the time our Carly was a kindergarten, we've been at home building businesses, raising our children, and the fruit is there because they are, although Carly, you know, is in a threat to get her teeth knocked out sometimes because she's a 17 year old girl. They're pure, you know, like, I don't even think she's kissed a boy. You know, she's a senior in high school. Carson's pure. They're both committed to, you know, purity until marriage and they're great kids. And it's because, you know, we made that decision and we determined to work on each other. And one of those things is we've learned to be a team. Yes. And it's been a hard thing because it's the one thing the enemy didn't want to happen. It was always a struggle. I mean, I'm not saying it was easy building businesses together. It's not easy. It isn't easy. But this is like what we want to help couples with now. That's what our Launchpad 2024 is really all about is although we've not really niched it down to married people, but that is where our heart is, is because man and wife, we were created to build together. And the enemy doesn't want this unity to happen. Like Evangelpreneur is all about that, I think. A lot of that book is about like getting us to be unified together, not just to build things together, but to do it with peace and harmony. Yes. And what that looks like. And so like, I feel like you and I could fast track people through a lot of that. And even in this episode right now, like we've gone through those things, like here's how you can really be unified in your marriage, but also build legacy businesses and do it with peace and harmony. Yep. That was excellent. Thank you. Um, friends today, I want you to think about this. Where do you need to get more unified in your marriage? Where do you need to, uh, effectively learn how to communicate, whether it be in your finances, whether it be in your, uh, your sexual, uh, you know, intimacy in your kids, you know, whatever, and utilize these things that we've talked about today, because I love what, what my pastor, uh, says that, that, uh, PA that, Hey, listen, you can have all the information in the world, but without application, there's no transformation. And that, if you're going to listen to a podcast, if you're going to read a book, if you're going to go to a seminar or whatever, the most important thing is that you take action on the things that you're learning. Even the scripture says that, that faith without works. works is dead. And you know what? Let me just say this. We were talking about this because I, you know, I've been giving away our 25 page life planning process. Like this is a very high, like if we were to put a price on it. It'd be very, it'd be very high value, but we give it to our one-on-one clients. And so I thought, you know, I wanted like, how can I help women at least get started? Like who can't grasp the concept of, you know, investing in a coach. I'm like, well, I'm, you know what, I'm going to give this workbook away. And I don't know why I'm surprised because I know this is how, how it is, how few people actually take action on it. Because I ask like, Hey, how many people um, got the workbook and, and how's it going? And almost every single person that commented, except for the couple that are in my warrior woman program, here's what they said. Oh, I got it. But you know, don't have a printer. Like haven't printed it out yet. And a lot of it is they get to that. Well, I don't have a printer. And then they turn around and retreat mm. versus, okay, well, here's why we have a coach in your life. Let me give you an option. Here's what I did. I sent the file to FedEx printing and they printed it for me. 
you know, for for sixteen bucks, for where there is literally a million dollars for real in there. Like you I could mean, literally gonna, take that, and if you were to fill it out, and not just fill it out, but then implement back it with action, like that would pay for your coaching package right there, like yeah. for real. But that's the thing is people. They have so many blind spots and they've never grasped the concept. And, and I think a lot of it is the vulnerability part. Cause man, if I do this, then I'm going to have to get vulnerable and tell ugly things about myself. And I don't want to get judged. What are they going to think about me? Like all these things that I remember, do you remember being there, honey? Like looking at this thing, like just so overwhelmed, like starting out, like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, there's no way I could do this. I'm not ready for this. All the lies. And friends, let me just say this is this is why getting a coach because our coach, our new coach says this, and we've always said it. Everybody needs a coach. LeBron James has a coach. Oprah Winfrey has a coach. Like every, our coach has a coach. Like because if we ever get to the point to where you know it all, well, where your learning has ceased. And you never want to get to the, you know, I started from the bottom. Now I'm here. Like, yes, we did start from the bottom and we are here, but it ain't there. (laughs) It it may be here, but it ain't there. And where's there? There's just the next level. There's always a next level. And it's like, so that means like, okay, we're here. Who did we have to become to get here? And, and, and so here's the next level. Who do we need to become to hit this level? How do we impact more people? It's be, it starts with us. Everything starts with us. And so let me just say this is speaking life into you that you are, you are good enough to fill that thing out. You are smart enough to fill it out. You are smart enough to take action on it and that you have to, how do you battle the lie is because if you empower, if you believe, if the- you believe the lie, you empower the liar. And it's all lies because if you have the spirit of God in you, you have that creativity power in you and he's, he's waiting on you. There's no place. I just got off a coaching call with one of my clients. I said, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says, God's going to hunt you down, seek you out. Nope. It says the opposite. It says, seek him. We will find him when we seek him. When you seek him with all your heart. And Jesus even said it, Matthew 7, 7, seek and you will find whatever it is you're seeking is also seeking you back. So all you have to do is take that first step. And if that first step is accepting the free gift, thank you for downloading it. I appreciate all the love on it, but you know what? It doesn't really matter if you're not going to take the next step, which is printed out. And then the next step is carve time out for yourself to sit down and think about what you want to be, do and have and what you want your life to look like. Okay. Sorry. That was a whole whatever, but we're right. on. Sorry. All right, champions. So, you know, humility and, and one of the things that come to my mind as you were talking is it takes vulnerability to have humility. Mm-hmm. There's another rhyme, by the way, but it takes vulnerability to have humility. Like you, you, have, you have to be vulnerable to say, I don't know it all. You have to be vulnerable to say, I've got some stuff going on here and I need help with it. I don't know. Right? Do you know? And, it all? No, no. And I need help in my marriage. I need help in my business. I need help in my finances, whatever. You know, I deal with gym owners all across the country every single day with gym growth experts where they they don't know what they're doing. They they need help. Right. And so whether it's in your marriage, it's in your fitness, it's in your business, it's in whatever. It's OK um, 
to to need to need and ask for help. So so we hope that today was was a blessing for you, friends. Please, um, you know, shoot Rachel or I a message on one of our social media accounts if there's anything we can do to help. The free gift that Rachel is talking about is amazing. I would encourage you to find Rachel on RachelTecker.com. It's a navigation link. It's very easy to find. Rachel there you Tucker. go. Or reach out on social media as well. Um, we just want to bless you. We are blessed to be a blessing. And I am grateful and thankful for the almost 20 years that we have in marriage and all the things that, that together, we Nathan. have been through. Uh, just pretty, pretty incredible. So three ways to create more unity in your marriage, friends. Humility. Implement humility. Know your role. Be the CEO of your family. Encourage. Uh, Mint is so huge. And uh, tune in with us on the next episode of the Champion Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless. We love you. We'll see you later. Thank you so much for listening to the Champion Life Podcast. I hope that you learned a thing or two that can help you create the champion life that you desire and that God has for you. Now, before you go, I have one ask. If this episode resonated with you in any way, I want to hear about it please shoot me a personal message on Facebook at Kurt Tucker or Instagram at Kurt D. Tucker. Stay tuned for the next episode, my friend. And as always, keep growing and keep going.